Mass Device Fast 5 MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is May 31st. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by our guest co-host for the week, Executive Editor Chris Newmarker. Today we're going to talk about Think Surgical's FDA clearance for its surgical robotic platform, Heartbeam and Samsung's at-home cardiac care partnership, and Titan Medical licensing out its IP to Intuitive Surgical. First things first, going to check in with our guest co-host, Chris. How are you today? How's the state of medtech? You know, doing well, Danielle. Gosh, I can I can actually say what I usually say in device talks uh, weekly. I'd be like, good to be here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, feeling good after a uh, after a, a nice long Memorial Day weekend where it, for the first time in a long time it didn't rain in Minnesota, so that was that was nice and uh, good good time. Uh, you know, out uh, out hiking and picnicking with the kids uh, for the weekend. But uh, here we are today, right? The state of MedTech. And um, sure seems like we have a lot of uh, surgical robotic news today. Yes, that seems to be kind of the trend recently. So I'm excited to get into it. And just wanted to let everyone know that Chris is basically our first fan. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I just I just love what uh, you know, you and you and Sean have done with this uh, daily podcast. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to fill in this week. Well, with that being said, what's the first thing that we should know to get our day started today? One uh, really big piece of news we uh, have today is uh, Heartbeam is uh, partnering with uh, Samsung to uh, boost at-home cardiac care. Awesome. And what will the collaboration explore? Well, like the big picture is that, you know, the two companies think their technologies could, you know, boost the standard of cardiac diagnostic capabilities. Uh, you know, Heartbeam, you know, recently, uh, you know, acquired patents for like artificial. Actually, they recently secured a pivotal patent that related to artificial intelligence capabilities to, uh, you know, boost the diagnostics of, uh, you know, cardiac conditions. And then they also acquired Livemore. Which uh, you know had its uh, its uh, Halo AFib detection system, which this is like a FDA cleared Samsung Galaxy watch based arrhythmia detection tool. So they have this like really smartphone based AFib detection tool along with AI. And then I mean it's Samsung. We all know Samsung, this huge global consumer electronics company. Uh, it's interesting to see what these two companies will be able to do together. Yeah, it sounds like this partnership has the potential to revolutionize at-home cardiac care. And even, as you mentioned, Samsung is a worldwide company. So the partnership seems like it could leverage their technological expertise and then Heartbeam's cardiac services. So what do executives at the two companies think about this partnership? Well, Heartbeam's uh, CEO and founder, you know, spoke about this partnership. You know, he, he was talking about a significantly expanding product capabilities beyond like the exi- existing options that are out there for at-home cardiac patients. And then, you know, kind of on Samsung's, uh, you know, side, um, you know, there was there was some talk about how they could, uh, you know, leverage um some potential engagements with, uh, you know, the uh, with the, the VA hospitals here in the United States, which actually like a great spot for innovation. Interesting. This builds upon previous partnerships with Samsung, right? I know you briefly touched on Livemore. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Heartbeam had acquired Livemore. Livemore had a, uh, you know, a, a strategic alliance agreement with uh, Samsung already. So now, you know, Heartbeam is also creating a you know strategic alliance with uh, with Samsung as well. So they kind of acquired a company that was doing a lot with Samsung, 
And now this is kind of like, I guess, kind of solidifying, like driving home what, you know, Heartbeam has going on now, now that they've acquired Livemore. Awesome. Sounds like it could improve patient outcomes, reduce hospitalizations, and even empower individuals in the future to take more proactive measures in managing their cardiac health. I mean, definitely. I mean, untreated AFib fib can lead to, to strokes. So here's to hoping that like efforts such as this can, you know, help catch undetected AFib and, you know, hopefully prevent some, you know, more strokes here in the United States and around the world. Definitely. What's the next thing we need to know to get our day started? Well, the uh, the next thing we need to know about is uh, is the news that uh, Concept Medical uh, winning a uh, FDA IDE approval for its serolimus uh, coated balloon that treats a superficial uh, femoral uh, artery disease, and and this is a, a story that you wrote. Yeah, it's interesting, and we'll dive into one of the interesting parts. I'll mention that again when we get to the end, but. First of all, what is the Magic Touch PTA and what does it treat? Well, the Magic Touch PTA, it's a serolimus coated balloon. Um, it has extensive commercial use already in Europe, major markets of Asia and uh, Mid-Eastern markets. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worth noting that peripheral artery disease like affects an estimated quarter of a million adults in, in Europe and North America, according to the company. So, you know, it's, it's associated with significant morbidity and mortality, arthrosclerosis being the main cause. So, I mean, def- definitely a device that, you know, where there's a need. So what does this new ID approval allow the company to do? Well, the new ID approval, I mean, this, um, well, I mean, they already, it allows them to, you know, initiate a pivotal clinical study to, to you know, demonstrate the safety and effectiveness of the uh, Magic Touch PTA uh, balloon. So, and then data generated from this clinical study can, will support like a, a future uh, PMA application uh, here in the United States. And, you know, that, that's kind of what we see with this IDE program is it kind of, you know, kind of like smooths the way to like, you know, get clinical trials done, you know, and get the data together to, you know, hopefully, you know, get, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, approval for, for device. And, you know, we, we were increasingly seeing companies, you know, making announcements when they get these investigational device exemptions, you know, because it's, it's, it's a way to point out, look, you know, we've reached a milestone. We're moving forward to something next. For sure. And the interesting part about this release to me was that this is the fourth IDE approval for Concept Medical in recent months. So can you tell us a little more about what the other indications are for this device? Yeah, they said it has IDE approval for uh, uh, a coronary instant, instant uh, resinosis, uh, uh, coronary small vessel and below the knee indications. Awesome. Let's move on to some robotic surgery news. Sounds good. Well, you know, next up we've got, uh, you know, the FDA uh, cleared a uh, handheld robotic knee surgery device from uh, Think Surgical. And this is the, uh, looks like it's called the T-Mini miniature robotic system. And it's, uh, the company describes it kind of as this like wireless robotic handpiece, um, assist surgeons in performing a total knee replacements. And you do the CTB scan and then the, this uh, T-Mini robotic handpiece like automate automatically compensates for surgeon hand movements so that they can like locate bone pens you know along precisely to find planes and then you can get the cutting guides connected to the bone pens and and you know the result they're saying is you know accurate uh bone resection so, so it's kind of, it's kind of like instead of instead of like like kind of the traditional thing i always think of with uh you know robotic surgery devices is that it's it's about you know, you know the the robots doing the sur- the surgery under the guidance of a of a surgeon, but this seems a lot more about a, a device with robotic features that's assisting the surgeon doing doing the work. 
Gotcha. And this seems like a significant milestone in at least robotic orthopedic surgery because it introduces a new level of precision and assistance to total knee surgeries. I'm sure executives at the company are excited about this FTA clearance and potentially the opportunity to join the growing robotic surgery market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, you know, we've, you know, covered about think surgical doing other stuff in this space. I mean, this, this, this seems really interesting because, you know, the, you know, the fact that they, they have this, uh, I mean, they're saying that this, this, this robot, this robotic system, you know, could, you know, replace many of the instruments currently used in knee replacement. And then you add on top of that, that, you know, that they're uh, committed to having like an open implant library. So you could, so they're, you know, they're going to continue to add new implant options to the platform over time. So it's basically like the surgeon is still doing a lot of things the surgeon usually did. It's just that a lot of their devices are now replaced with this robotic device. I mean, a lot of their tools are replaced by it. And then, you know, they can still use the implants that, you know, they want to use over time. So, I mean, they're kind of the, you know, the officials of the company are kind of saying this could open up, you know, robotic options to all kinds of places and, you know, in the orthosurgery space where, you know, maybe the surgeons were, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, hesitant about going for a big, big, expensive surgical robot system. Interesting. And we should note that we do have several robotic surgery roundups on mass device that you're constantly updating, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you got like, like, so like go, go on, just like do Google searches for robotic surgery systems you need to know. And, you know, yes, we're, you know, like, you know, once or twice a year, we're, we're updating like big roundups of like all the companies like in the space, you know, I mean, it's like, like whether it's like soft tissue surgery or orthopedic surgery, I mean, we just got, I mean, just so many companies now that are just kind of in the space that are competing it still remains a really hot space so it's 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 interesting though that in soft tissue that you know intuitive still remains like the dominant company and we will touch on intuitive in a little bit but before we get to that let's talk about the next thing that we should know for the day well you know the next thing to you know point out is that uh you know, that we uh, caught some news on LinkedIn that, uh, you know, Medtronic Cardiovascular Diagnostics and Services President Julie Brewer, she's left for a new position at Baxter. Um, she's now going to be, uh, you know, president of uh, Patient Support Systems, Global Surgical Solutions and uh, and the care communications team at, uh, at Baxter. So this seems like a notable development within the med tech industry. Did she offer any parting words? Yeah, she did. I mean, you know, I mean, she was, you know, saying that she was, you know, like she described Baxter as a great company with, you know, a wonderful purpose of, you know, saving, staying lives. Said she was really excited to go over there. But at the same time, like she also noted she's been at Medtronic for, you know, uh, you know, 17 years and described them as uh, as an amazing company that provided her many opportunities over those those 17 years. Um, uh, it's worth noting Medtronic provided me a, a statement that said that they, uh, they now have uh, Stacy uh, Churchwell, who's assumed the role of uh, vice president and uh, general manager of the cardiovascular diagnostics and, and services business, which they've now rolled into their cardiac rhythm management operating unit. So, it, you know, it, it, it appears that this business that, you know, she was running is, you know, it's as it's, it's, it's with many parts of Medtronic, you know, it's it's involved in all the kind of like internal reorganizations and, you know, potentially like layoffs that have just been, you know, going on there recently. Now, Brewer's extensive experience and leadership in the field obviously make her a valuable addition to Baxter and her new role kind of signifies the company's commitment to strategic growth and innovation. This is an interesting move considering both companies have had layoffs recently. Yeah, exactly. They've both had layoffs. And I, I kind of think they're both similar in a way that they both, 
I mean, I, I included quotes from both of their CEOs and they're both kind of same, saying the same type of thing that, you know, on one side, you know, they're, they're having to, you know, take some of these actions to, you know, just deal with, you know, these these economic factors and supply chain factors that just make it more expensive to run a business. But at the same time, they want to balance that with the fact that they want to innovate. You know, they want to make sure they're, you know, making the right investments so that they can grow into the future. So, I mean, it, it, it does seem to me that, you know, Brewer joining Baxter is, you know, that says something about Baxter, you know, wanting to, you know, she's part of that investment and, you know, in, in the future over there. I agree. This executive move kind of demonstrates the dynamic nature of the industry with top level professionals bringing their expertise to different organizations to drive advances and better serve patients overall. Back to robotic surgery. What's the last thing that we should know for the day? Well, the last thing we had, um, you know, Titan Medical, you know, announcing that they've licensed out most of their intellectual property now to, to Intuitive. You know, this is just kind of part of a big strategic transition. I mean, you know, they've, you know, we've been covering this for, you know, months, how they were, you know, for, for a while, it looked like they were kind of looking for someone to sell the company to. And, you know, now it looks like it's, you know, they found a way to kind of like, you know, sell most of their uh, IP or not sell most of their IP. Actually, I gotta be very specific. They're, they're uh, granting intuitive uh, a, a non- exclusive license for for most of their IP, except for some that they said was exclusively licensed back in 2020. And and you know, they didn't they didn't mention Medtronic, but you know, I mean they were saying June 2020. And that that's about, you know, same time that they were announcing a partnership with Medtronic. But most of their IP they're licensing to Titan. They get an upfront payment of, you know, $7.5 million, you know, from Intuitive. And then the other CEO, uh, Carrie Vance is, uh, you know, is, is stepping down and they're making some other management changes as they kind of transition into this, this, you know, period where they're really just like licensing out IP, you know, and saying maybe in the future they, you know, they, they reserve the right to go and try to develop and commercialize some of this stuff. But, you know, for now it's, um, it's just, you know, there, it definitely seems to be more about licensing. So what were some of the terms of the agreement? I know you you mentioned that dollar amount, but what else is included in that agreement? Well, it says that, I mean, Titan will retain ownership of the license IP uh, along with the associated rights. Um, and, you know, they and, you know, as I said, they include the right for them to continue to develop and, and commercialize those technologies in the future. I mean, it's it's been a it's a tough space to, to compete in. intuitive, you know, pioneered soft tissue robotic surgery and you know in the 1990s and you know developed a lot of relationships in the u.s and uh they continue to innovate and uh you know titan medical had some you know interesting you know innovations that they thought you know could work in the space and obviously you know intuitive sees some value in that they're you know will be paying the millions of dollars to get some licensing rights to it right and it looks like titan medical is undergoing significant changes and some sort of a strategic shift in this update that they provided, there was some leadership shuffling happening. Can you tell us a little more about the approved strategic transition at the company? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they said their board directors has approved a strategic transition. You know, the transition is that they're going from developing and commercializing you know, robotic surgery, uh, robotic assisted surgery technologies to evaluating new opportunities to further develop and license the, the intellectual property. You know? So they, they keep the rights to, you know, commercialize, you know, in the future, should they choose to do so. But, you know, it, you know, you know for now, it's really like they, they, you know, they did this development up to this point and now they're, you know, you know licensing out the IP 
And you briefly touched on CEO Carrie Vance stepping down. Who else is involved in this leadership shuffle? Where's where's Carrie Vance going? You know, Vance will remain on the board at Titan. You know, we don't have at this point where uh, Vance is going, but I mean, I, I, it'll be you know, uh, it'll be neat to see where uh, where where he lands next. Um, you know, we've got uh, the uh, current VP of Finance of the company. Uh, you know, being appointed a chief financial officer. Present CFO is transitioning to a consulting role. You know, the VP of legal and IP, general counsel, corporate secretary transitioning to consulting role, VP of operations and manufacturing transitioning to a consulting role. You got all these people who are in top leadership positions, you know, transitioning to consulting roles, it looks like, except for uh, Paul Cadiford, who's been appointed the interim president CEO. And, you know, while the company continues with this with this transition. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us on as as a guest host this week. Thank you for all your insight as well. Yeah, thanks, Danielle. And you know, if people want to like uh, you know find out more, go to massdevice.com and connect with us online. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch K I R S H, and the same name on LinkedIn. Where can our listeners find you, Chris? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Chris Newmarker, like a new marker. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Thursday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.